0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of So Into That, the podcast where I get to chat with really cool people about the things that we are so into right now. Wednesdays no longer have the like, oh, I'm halfway there, halfway through the hard work week allure that they did before I had kids, before you have kids. At the end of the day on Wednesday, you're like, all right, baby, only two days left till the weekend, till I get to sleep in, till I get to do whatever I want all day long. Once you have kids, weekends are different. And I'm not saying I don't enjoy our adventures, the fun that we have with our children, because I do, but they are not relaxing. And that is the truth. George and I, I've talked about this on Instagram before, but George and I do this thing called alone days. Since we had three kids, they've become much less regular. But when we only had two kids, we did them every single weekend. And we would trade off and on like either Saturday or Sunday, one of us would have an alone day. So we'd like wake up, all have breakfast together, hang out for a little while, and then one of us would dip out and like go to the gym, maybe go play tennis, go for a hike with friends, go out to lunch. What I mean, this guy's George would always go hunting a couple hours away sky's the limit you can do whatever you want on an alone day it's your day and the other partner would like happily not begrudgingly very happily hang out the kids and be the parent all day since we had cashy they've become much less frequent because three kids is very much all hands on deck when they are four three and one so they become less so uh but yeah weekends are weekends are not relaxing anymore fun you know enjoyable but but also in many ways my work week is easier in some ways than parenting you know parenting is hard and like every day is a new day and you can't just like get good at my work I like it's predictable I know what I'm doing nobody screams at me if I give them if I give my work a banana and it snaps in half It's cool with it. It just eats it in two pieces. It doesn't like throw it in my face and run into its room and slam the door. You know, just an example of something that might happen in somebody's house. (laughs) Anyway, happy hump day, whatever that means to you at whatever phase of your life you are. Okay, let's talk about Sola. Sola L. Whaley is my guest today. And I was so excited to have Sola on. I have admired her for such a long time. She worked at Bon Appetit during, like, the heyday of when everyone was obsessed with Bon Appetit test kitchen videos. COVID, I feel like, really kicked the Bon Appetit test kitchen videos uh, obsession into, like, overdrive. People were at home. They were trying to learn how to cook, so they were watching these videos. The Bon Appetit test test kitchen kitchen videos were funny and insightful, and they were all great teachers. and solo was my favorite there's a there are many different people in the test kitchen lots of different personalities solo was always my favorite she was a bit you know soft spoken and kind of no ego and just funny and cool and her recipes always rocked and i've loved her for a long time she has since left bon appetit she has a video Relationship like t- post does a ton of video content with the New York Times. She has a show on the History Channel, a cooking show where she recreates. Well, you'll hear her talk about it, but a show on the History Channel. She's done stuff with HBO Max. She has a lot going on. She also published her first cookbook this year. It's called Start Here, and it's basically like culinary school and a cookbook, tons of text tons of photos. If you want to learn to be a better cook, this is a great book for you. It doesn't just teach you the recipe, it teaches you like exactly why are we doing it this way? What's the technique? What else can I cook this way? A very cool book. It came out in October and like 6 weeks before that she gave birth to her first daughter. So it's been a fall for Sola. She's got a lot going on. And what I had anticipated us chatting about was her book. Like, I know her as this awesome food personality. I wanted to hear more about the book, how she wrote it, why she wrote it, all the things. And we get into that a little bit. But the conversation went in a way that is so much more interesting to me. And that's why it went that way, because I kept asking her questions. We talked so much about just being a new mom. The her, her thing that she's into right now is the baby toy that no parents should go without. I only got this toy for my third kid and it was a complete game changer. Like I could work, I could do a Peloton for like an hour and he would just happily be on this toy. So we get into that a little bit. And then we just get into pregnancy, birth, labor, especially postpartum and the things that we kind of feel duped on. Things that we wish we had known that is incomprehensible why we weren't told. And that is one of my favorite things to talk about. I love talking to women about the shit that we should have been told, that we weren't told, that like if we had just been prepared, life would have been a lot easier, especially around pregnancy and birth and the postpartum recovery. Um, So we get super honest about all of that. If you are pregnant or expecting, or if you have already had children and you're just looking for a little validation, this is the episode for you. So we talk about that a bit, and then we do get into her incredible career and all of the things that make her one of my favorite food creators out there. Sola rocks. This episode rocks. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So here she is. Welcome to So Into That. I'm so excited that you're here. You, We tried to do this in person, but when I am in New York, you are headed out on the second leg of your cookbook tour, which I want to hear about later. But first let's get into what we are so into right now. Um, Since we were just talking about my cozy clothes, I'll kick us off by talking about my sweatpants. I, oh my gosh. Also speaking of the fact that we're both constantly covered in either puke or poop Friday night, I was over at my friend Jess's house. They had us over for dinner and cash. My third was like out crawling in the yard and Je- james jess's husband went to pick him up and he was like oh no oh no this baby is covered in poop and i was like what he had crawled <laughs> through crawled through dog poop so dog not his poop crawled through dog poop. so speaking of oh, making that's in that my future third, uh-huh, uh-huh oh yeah. it totally is you have yeah. dogs like this is crazy enough we have a dog this has never happened in my But it was like dark we were all outside we were having dinner cash was crawling through poop so I pick him up take him inside wash him off and I'm like okay you know it takes like 10 minutes like washing I take all Mm -hmm. his clothes off I'm ready to go back outside and my friend Jess comes to check on me and she's like okay you ready Like, like I'll help you get back outside and she looks down at me and I am now covered in poop so like I'm wearing these like nice new pants I'm covered in poop so she hands me these sweatpants, and this is my product of the week. They are Gap. If you're watching this video, I'm modeling them. <laughs> they are Gap vintage joggers, vintage soft classic joggers, and I've never been more comfortable in my entire life. I like own plenty of sweatpants that are like fancy designer brands. These are it. This is the pant that you need. Okay, okay. do you own I'm them? Sold.
1: I'm, get, I'm gonna get some
0: this is it, like I, think I only want stretchy waistbands, bucks. yes, like that's the best waistband and I got either these are a size these are like my true size, and I feel like I normally size up in sweatpants to make them kind of baggy, but then I look like a dump truck, so I don't wear them like in public, but these are kind of like fitted to my body, and so I'm like, oh, these are this is a cute outfit, and so I'm. I've just been wearing them nonstop. I'm not ne- just, you're never getting these back. She's a podcast listener, she's never getting the swap <laughs> bands back. Okay, so that's my product of the week. What are you so do?
1: Well, so because my whole life is baby, it's Full the life. I'm sure you have this already. It's the Fisher play- Price kick and play.
0: It's nothing like nothing is better,
1: <laughs> it's a life changing toy.
0: So nothing is better.
1: I w- in the beginning, before we had her, I was like, oh, babies don't need toys. Everything's entertaining. We don't need to get that much stuff. Yep. Um. And then I w- I'm totally wrong. I'm totally wrong. Uh-huh. The putting her on that thing, she can entertain herself for like an hour. We don't it's have insane. to worry about her. She loves all the songs. Are- I don't if If any of the listeners haven't seen this toy.
0: Maybe you. Uh-huh. <laughs> could be a little monkey in the bubblegum tree. Yeah yeah I I I love it I love it's burned (laughs) into my brain but like burned okay have you seen the video of John Legend singing oh yeah it's so good (laughs) there's a video of John Legend like Chrissy Teigen's like draped on his piano and I think I in my head she's involved anyway and he's like singing a beautiful rendition of the song that the little little monkey in the bubblegum tree
1: well, the toy has several songs. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to learn of all of them. I currently just there. know that one. That one is like Don't a you very worry. catchy
0: tune. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's a good song. I think that's the one that like adult... I think this toy has been around for many, many years. That's the one that adult parents will like still sing to me. Like they'll see it in the background of my videos and they'll DM me like little, little monkey in the bubble tree. <laughs> but it's an incredible toy. I actually did not have the kick and play for my first two kids. And I think, I don't know if a friend sent it or if I just like needed some new swag for number three to keep them entertained. Mm-hmm. I got it. Wow. And then, you know, you can move the piano. Once they start sitting up, you can mm-hmm. move the piano, mm-hmm. sit and sit and play. Kick yeah. And play, there's, there's
1: so much to do with it. And and it's Versatile. so really funny because so, as I mentioned, after feeding her, we have to hold her up for half an hour. Um, so fun. And then after that, she just starts screaming because she's like, I have to get to work. It's time for me to kick and play. Like she, She'll she eyeball it from the corner of the room and be like, let me. I, I am a busy baby. I got places to be.
0: I I get me out care. of your arms. <laughs> I got to go play. Yeah. I don't care if I vomit all over it. I got to get on there. I'm sure it's covered in vomit. Yeah, but it's so easy to clean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coated and you just swipe it off. I mean, Cassius was drenched in vomit at all times. Like he'd just be rolling around in his <laughs> kick and play vomit. I was like, this is like spleen it kind of is like that plasticky material. So kind has of splash in it. And that was a that was a whole other game for him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a whole uh, other potential. Slip and slide? <laughs> slip and slide. A little bit and slide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just vomit, slip and slide. Okay, my non-product thing of the week that I'm so into. Is a technological advancement that I feel like not enough. It doesn't get enough praise for the joy that it brings into all of our lives. Every single time that you go to a friend's house and you say, What's your Wi Fi password? And they pull up their Wi Fi and they go, Oh, just put your phone close to mine. And your phones just uh-huh. talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that is living. That's living. And I feel like it just all of a sudden happened. Like all of a sudden our phones just started doing it and we didn't take a moment to pause and tell it, wow, thank you. This has really enriched my life. So that's my thing of the week. Every single time that I go to a friend's house or you know wherever and you get on the Wi-Fi that way, every single time I feel like like Xenon girl of the 21st century. I'm like, this is it. (laughs) It's (laughs) all about the little things. Yeah. And it feels so good. I'm like, I didn't have to type your 30 character password in. You didn't have to go rummage through your junk drawer to find that slip of paper that says it like this is living baby this is this is 2024 <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. Okay, what's yours? Uh it's also baby
1: related because that's my whole life right now. It's life. She can smile now. <gasps> like uh, a, not 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 just fart smile but like a real
0: smile like she meant to. Like she like meant to you look at her
1: Yeah, so that's fun. So we're constantly trying to make her smile and it's fun because she's very easily entertained. She thinks we're the most funniest people Uh, on the planet. We just make fart noises in her face. Yes. Um, My husband does like a lot of pretend fighting and like, you know, have the baby punch him and then Uh. fling back and then she just bursts into you know, these silent laughs. She doesn't have like a big laugh yet, but it's like kind of funny because you can see she wants to laugh. She's making the laugh gesture but no
0: noise comes out yeah. oh yeah. my god i love the silent laugh phase and then it gets it so i have good news for you i don't know if you are like i am with your baby where like are you already missing like you're like oh she's already outgrown this does it make you sad that she's like getting older
1: no okay good no. i just want to walk on out of here
0: hey okay. <laughs> honestly i'm so jealous of that i am one of those moms who like really mourns the passing of every phase like i love babies. Even you talking about your baby, like makes me ugh. like I just want to jump into the computer screen and find her and like squeeze her. I'm obsessed with babies. So when they get older, it really hurts me. But the laughing thing, I am happy to report I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old and they keep thinking you're funny. I'm sure all (laughs) the like the moms of like teens are like, no, they don't. But at age five, I can still like make a fart noise and make my five-year-old like die laughing. So I like that yeah. there's time for us yet to continue to be the funniest person that they know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that when she gets older I'll miss a lot of the baby things,
1: but right now I'm just like in it. So I'm I'm yes. I'm, I'm glad that she feels sturdier now cuz I was really yeah. scared the first couple of weeks like now she can hold up her head and it just she's not so teeny tiny and uh, I'm not as scared like changing her and putting her in clothes. Everything was oh, it's scary the before. Worst
0: putting them in clothes when they're that tiny is the worst. You're like, is I'm literally going to snap her head off by putting this t-shirt on her head. And why did this company make the t-shirt hole so
1: small? Oh, my, my, my uh, mother and mother-in-law buy the most impractical clothes and like bags and bags of it. My mom sent like two packed bags and nothing has like, I really only put her in like the head to toe, either snaps or zippers, but my mom will get like, my mother-in-law's obsessed with these, like, these little uh, Wednesday-style collars. Oh, Wednesday-style. Buttons, style.
0: buttons in the style. back? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, the buttons in the back for the tiny babies. What How? is wrong with you people? How
1: am I supposed to put that on her? Roll the baby over onto its stomach. And there's it's her, like, fl- screaming. <laughs> She's flailing. <laughs> oh, they're the worst. And then my mom just uh-huh. gets, like, tiny, like, people clothes but for babies like she got her a
0: tiny bathrobe oh yeah a tiny bathrobe perfect because <laughs> so after, after bath time she's not just screaming <laughs> at me to get her <laughs> bottle and go to bed yeah we're just chilling yeah we're like having a, a, a cup of tea but you know you got
1: i gotta put them in everything once take a picture make them happy and then she just like lives
0: in the like zippies yes zippies have you discovered the um magnet haven't Man- tried that yet. What are they called? Oh, it's really good stuff. What are they called? Um M- Magnetic Me is the brand. And instead of snaps or instead of a zipper, it's like it looks like a snap, it looks like a button, but they're just magnetic. So all you do is like throw their clothes <laughs> over the front of themselves and it just snaps together. It's incredible. Oh, okay. We're gonna have to try one of those. Really, truly an incredible invention. I don't know why they're like not more it's like one of those if you know you know brands. Mm-hmm. Like Fantastic. My kids only have like three pairs, like one pair per each age, because they're kind of expensive. They're like 40 bucks for like a freaking onesie. But man, lots of wear and tear on those ones and all three wore them. So there you go. Um, okay, so you you birthed two things in the fall of 2023. One, uh, believe it or not, I think probably weighed more than the other. And that is uh-huh. your yeah. gigantic, <laughs> gorgeous just like instruction manual encyclopedia of a book that is called start here and you birthed it a month after having a baby
1: yeah it was exactly
0: oh was no 2 months. months 2 months 2 yeah. months okay two just months. barely though well, i just because up- she
1: the baby came early okay okay okay
0: oh God, thankfully so it Okay, yeah, because that gave you a little more time.
1: If she came on time, I don't know how I could have done this, because I had to go on tour right after, so it really worked out that she was early, and I got a little bit more recovery time. So um, you went
0: on tour seven weeks postpartum? Eight weeks postpartum?
1: Yeah, eight weeks.
0: How are you doing?
1: Um. So the first leg was not bad, because she was so small. She came with you? No, she didn't come with me. Okay. Um, but I didn't feel as bad because I don't think she noticed I was gone. <laughs> she didn't know anything. No, she didn't know anything. She wasn't even like f- look- looking at us yet, you know? Yeah. But um, this she's round. Like uh, yeah. yeah. This round, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave in two weeks and she's going to be five months. So yeah. I'm not thrilled about leaving her. And this is going to be like almost a two week stretch. Um, for <sighs> the first yeah. half since it was all East Coast, I was just doing overnights. And we spread okay. it out. We spread the tour out over like six weeks, so I was not gone for very long, and it was very easy to like pump and and have milk for her. So I don't like have enough milk frozen, and and I'm going to be gone for so long. It, it, it's going to be rough,
0: and she's going yeah. through this like sleep regression. Well, great. Get out of there for the sleep regression.
1: I feel bad leaving my husband with dealing with. No, my-
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> there's just there's times when we just leave the husbands to handle certain aspects. <laughs> no, I, I not to triv- trivialize at all. It's so we we emailed about this a little bit this week. We it's so hard to leave them. The first real time. And then, yeah, as they start to get older, you, like, feel like they are noticing your absence. But I do feel like it's, like, a muscle. Uh, Being a working mom, you, like, you get stronger and you get, like, better at it. And, like, repetitions make it easier, which also sort of makes it harder because you're, like, God, this sucks that it's becoming easy to leave my kid. But it's just what we do and we get back. And I swear, I've been gone. I think the longest I've ever been gone for my kids is, like, eight days in a row and you get back and they literally are like what's up you're back mm-hmm. and like they didn't notice you were gone they have no they have no they're like goldfish they have no concept of time so that's the good news you get back you jump right back in the hardest part is you get back and your husband's name is ham right mm-hmm. ham's gonna be like okay i just dealt with the sleep regression while you were gone like you take her and you're gonna be like wait i was on a two-week I was on a two-week <laughs> road trip book tour like i need us a nap and he's gonna be like no
1: oh no he is he is i know i'm just probably Uh, gonna like nap with the baby for the full two days when i get back
0: yes yeah sleep with the baby that's the best thing to do what has been the most challenging part of new motherhood for you and i know that's a very loaded question because so much is challenging but what's been like Oof, that rocked me
1: I I don't, I don't know. A lot of things. I guess I was really preparing for the like mental health changes. Uh Uh, You know, I was really worried about postpartum depression. So I started working early. As soon as I got pregnant, I found a therapist who specializes in like mothers.
0: Um, Wow. So,
1: so that, that part has actually been fine. It's the physical recovery that I did not prepare myself for as much. Yes. Um, so that surprised me like a lot like I I I started working a week after having her and then I started working like out of the home at 3 weeks and I like was not oh my god I don't, I don't that was way too soon <laughs> you yeah. cuz like having like mesh un- underwear out in public is not fun
0: No dude whoa And like
1: you know I I hadn't stopped bleeding yet so things no. like that I like did not realize how long you really do need to just like physically recover
0: be in your bed with your baby yeah somebody bringing you your baby yeah that stuff in like some parts of the world women are like encouraged not to leave the house a single time for 40 days it's like a 40 day thing and like everyone makes your food for you and like waits on you hand and foot and you are like physically supposed to like stay in your bedroom kind of like in the bed you know Go on walks, whatever. You're not a prisoner, but it's like you're truly supposed to be just like taking care of recovering. And I'm like, why did no one tell me that? Because I agree. I had postpartum depression and the postpartum recovery. And I was like, why did nobody tell me that my like whole below my belly button was just going to be like wrecked?
1: Well, and it's crazy because I read a lot of books to prepare and everything was about like pregnancy and labor but and and like people talk about like in the books yeah. they they mention this like fourth trimester but i want to know the nitty gritty like i wish i was yeah. a little more prepared for like the the giant blood clots and the painful yes. urination <laughs> yes
0: i i let's let's prepare the women because yeah, you women need to know need to- i couldn't pee like i like couldn't control my bladder for 2 weeks after i had my first kid i thought i would never I thought I would never, I thought I'd have to wear diapers for the rest of my life because mm-hmm. I'd never heard of this before. So many women have bladder issues after they have kids. I had never heard of it before because there's just not enough like literature out there preparing us. Mm-hmm. Some
1: I was also quite surprised by how difficult nursing was for me. Yes. It, t- it took me about six weeks to really get into the hang of it where it wasn't painful anymore, where oh, yeah. it. It was, especially the first, like the first few days was incredibly painful. And I kept thinking I was doing something wrong. Yeah. We got a lactation consultant. I didn't, I just thought it was going to be, I don't know. It's presented like it's this natural process. You get this baby and they just crawl up to your boob. They crawl to your boob. And they know exactly what to do. And you know exactly what to do. And it's totally false. It's not, it's not that easy. Like you have to learn. The baby has to learn. That was like such a surprise. Yes. Nothing prepared me for how hard the nursing was going to be.
0: Yeah. Did you go to like, did your hospital have like a a class, like a birth birthing class thing before you had the baby? I didn't go to that. They did have yeah. one, but
1: well, I, I went to the, they had a lactation consultant um, after, after giving birth, but yeah. I think it's like hit or miss how Great. good the person you get is. Cause I did not get a good person.
0: Right. So they so we basically, went to this, Yeah. yeah we went to this birthing class and it's like, they basically like show you around the hospital. They're like, this is where the snacks are. Like this is where the nurse. (laughs) I'm like, no, tell me that I'm going to be wearing giant mush underwear and tell me why. And tell me Mm -hmm. like about the pads and tell me to buy the squirty bottle because it's going to be too painful to wipe my vagina for three weeks after Mm -hmm. giving birth. Like tell just, it's like, they like think women, like, do they think we're going to be like, scared of birth so they don't tell us i'm like no we just need to know it's fine like yeah it's gonna suck but like you should gotta tell us well
1: i feel like i learned a lot more from tiktok i went down like oh. a tiktok rabbit hole where people were talking about like the the vix the real uh,
0: the,
1: like the that? real stuff the real stuff yeah like how you prepare the little like pad with the witch hazel and and tiktok's actually been much more informative than a lot of the books that I've read a lot of like just the resources online everything online's a lie yes like another one that everyone's repeated to me is that if you are nursing you're gonna just like the weight's gonna fall right off it's gonna get sucked right out of your body
0: yep and so then you think am I doing this wrong am I Uh eating way too much like what is going on no that is a complete farce a lot myself included I can never lose like the extra baby pounds until I stop breastfeeding and that's it's like what this everyone yeah.
1: has told me in person yeah yes. As yes. As in soon person. As you look it up in la- online they're like oh yeah. no you should breastfeed it's gonna help with losing the weight yeah. I haven't lost a, a an, an ounce yeah and I don't think I'm going to until I stop
0: nursing no no and that's freaking fine like who who cares but don't set this false expectation mm-hmm. that all this hard work I'm doing is like they're like oh yeah breast, breastfeeding burns so many calories does it apparently not like if it did calories in calories out we would lose the weight like so annoying. well and i i
1: struggle to produce enough so if i have a Uh hard workout and like just keep like my calories down i just won't produce breast milk so i i gotta keep it real chill i can only do like some pilates yoga like i did some strength training one week and then boom like no production
0: do you pump so you know like how much milk you're making uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so fascinating. I have never like really pumped a lot. So a lot of my friends are like you and they like know, you know, if I eat this, my supply drops. If I work out hard, my supply drops, because they can see it like coming out of the bottle into the bottle. And I never knew, but I'm sure on those days my baby was just screaming his head off because he was starving. And I was like, Oh no, I'm just baby today. Like whatever. Yeah, like those types of things there's there's I don't know I don't know who needs to write the book I don't know but we need like an honest person who had like a hard a medium to hard labor Mm -hmm. like to tell us all of it like Mm -hmm. it's it's wild what Mm -hmm. else what else do we need to tell the people like stitches in your vagina I didn't know that that was like (laughs) I didn't know that was like a sure thing I mean I know some people don't have to have them but I sure do every time
1: I don't know if this is normal but right when I was. Like fully dilated. And I, this is like so much detail for the listeners. Let's go. <laughs> Let's
0: go. We'll talk about your, we'll talk about your cookbook next.
1: <laughs> but I felt like I was going to die. Like I started shaking crazy, and I had cold sweats, and I and I genuinely thought I was going to die. And they're like, "That's normal." I'm like what? Very
0: good one to tell the people. Yes, that's the is shakes. that normal? Yes,
1: I mean yes. And who told us? Who warned no, us no, of that? Nowhere did anyone say you're going to feel like you're going to no. die right when it's die. time to push.
0: Yeah. No, like your full body is going to start convulsing and like tell like why didn't our OBGYNs like I don't know at our 40 week appointment, well you're you you would not have made it to your 40 week appointment at our 30 week appointment, why didn't they give us like just a 15 minute kind of debrief? Okay, uh-huh. hey, here's some possibilities. One thing that I hear from women who had to have c sections is like I had they're like I had no idea like what a c section was what's actually happening. I mean, I don't even know what's happening. I don't know how you like what, what birth really is happening. But with a C-section, that's like a major, major surgery. Like for any other surgery, you would like have gone in for like pre-op consults and like they would explain to you exactly what's going on. They would tell you like what your recovery is going to look like, what kind of tools you need to recover at home. For C-sections, they don't even like what, what I, I don't know what the percentage of women who have C-sections is, but it's not nothing like Mm -hmm. we should be told Mm -hmm. what that recovery is like Mm -hmm. these these idiots we should we should write the book
1: well this whole thing's just made it more clear that nobody really cares about women like it's there's no places really to pump in public
0: when i was traveling i only found
1: one pump room in an airport all the airports brag about it when you go online and then when you're actually in the terminal it's impossible to find a pod yeah. And I found a pod and it's like so depressing because you're just in a dark so, closet. <laughs> what, was it one of those
0: like mama va pods uh-huh. or whatever? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Been, been there. It's compl- I feel like it was like pitch black dark. I don't yeah. know. In my in my memory, it was like pitch black dark. And there's like, like one charger like that's like this big. So, uh, oh, the baby's screaming.
1: Like, yeah. Is this better than just being outside? I like wasn't sure.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um have you since you're traveling a lot do you have you gotten the like portable pumpy things lv or whatever yeah wearable one
1: but i i they don't work as well is, it's probably i'm probably a little crazy but i prefer to carry the big one around because it's so yeah. much faster yeah um oh, that's so like, crazy. it's, it's louder and like
0: you know your nipples are sticking out and i don't care because yep. i just i'd rather get it over with oh totally there's nothing worse pumping is the absolute one of the worst things ever like you are literally stuck to a wall you're chained to a wall like a prisoner in mm-hmm. your own home and like you can't do anything else and i don't know about you maybe you've gotten onto like a better schedule than i ever did um but i would always like before bed especially if i had to pump i would always forget until i was like in my pajamas like getting into my bed and then i'd be like <gasps> <gasps> i have to go like i literally would turn into like a demon i have to go pump like every time so bad
1: I, I hate doing it so my husband's great he'll bring me the pump and like he takes Ugh. care of washing it and all of that he makes sure it's charged so that's like really helpful
0: it's like his job you just are the cow and he is yeah. the farmer yeah <laughs> He sounds like an absolute gem of a human. I think some husbands really thrive with tiny babies, like with newborns. My husband, George, is like fabulous with newborns also. Like I never changed a diaper until the baby was like three months old. Some dads are that. It sounds like you've got one too. And then I think some dads are like really spooked by newborns and are like, this is kind of your domain. And they thrive with the older kids. We... We are lucky. Yeah, we're lucky. Newborn thrivers, for sure. I think it's rare, and every man should figure out how to thrive and help their wife with a newborn, but not all well, do. And, and,
1: I mean, the dad doesn't have blood clots falling out of him. You should change sure the diapers, doesn't. you
0: know? Change the damn well, diaper. At least you can do. Change the diaper because you're not wearing a diaper. Okay? Boom. Yes, exactly. Boom. <laughs> you do it okay so you first traveled for work or you had your first big work thing three weeks after having the baby what were you doing what's what's going on with work right now like you've got the book what are you really excited about that's going on yeah right well I guess tell us about what you had to go do three weeks after and oh. then tell us where you are now
1: oh so we my husband actually worked recorded a little podcast series that's gonna be out soon cool. maybe when this is out i don't know oh my gosh okay uh, i've I'll lost link track it of dates out. um okay. so we were finishing up recording that and uh because we started about? can you tell us yeah it's it's called deep dish and it's where so my husband's also a chef so we yeah. each like deep dive into a dish and then tell the other person about it then we come back and cook Come back to like our house the
0: history of it or just how to cook it what yeah everything Like
1: history, random stories, like there's these tamales that involved a murder. So like, you know, go off on little food story tangents. And it's like fun because that's kind of what we do normally. We just sit on the couch and tell each other food things. So we're just recording that. Um, so we were finishing that up because I did a lot of work right before delivering. And because she came early, a lot of stuff didn't get finished and I had to do it right after so i i I would recommend to anyone try to keep the last month light because you
0: never know keep it light, yeah, mm. yeah, that's so f- we we like. Grind ourselves until that very last day right before delivery, which is so stupid on so many accounts. Like you're so freaking pregnant and uncomfortable. Like take a chill pill, but we're like, no, I'm going to need to chill after the baby. Like I'm going to have to take this. So we grind and grind yeah. and grind. Yeah. That must have been really hard. You had all these balls. Like still, how, how early did she come? Three weeks. Three. Oh, yeah. No, nothing crazy, but like, I, but, I, but think... I mean, like she was fine, but you were still yeah. fully like in work mode, probably.
1: Well, I think a lot of it was I was really scared and kind of just in denial of being pregnant. <laughs> and like, but I was like so convinced I was going to die. Oh. I, know, I was so scared. So I think it kept my mind off of things staying busy. Yeah. Totally. I was not like one of those pregnant people who are just like really enjoying sure. it and doing a maternity shoot and eating fruit. I was just like really scared the whole time.
0: Yeah, that's a shitty, shitty feeling. Do you think that with if you have another baby, do you think that now that you've like done it once, you feel like, OK, all those fears, I now know that it's OK. Or do you think this is just like going to be kind of how you are as a pregnant person?
1: No, I, I I, would love to do it again, but I'm already yeah. pretty old. I'm 38. So
0: oh, please.
1: I don't know if <laughs> nature times. will allow it. But yeah, I would love to do it again. And I think I would enjoy it more and yeah. try to keep it chill the last week just like bounce yeah. on a ball and relax you know yeah just bounce on a
0: ball and relax don't be recording a podcast when you're three weeks postpartum that's <laughs> so hard did you meet ham through work your bus cooks your are chefs
1: we actually met in culinary school <gasps> so we've been married for 13 and a half years okay. we met we got we met and we got married like before we even graduated it all happened very quickly they were like this is it let's do it <laughs> so i'm really glad because it's nice to have been with someone through every stage of my totally. career cuz when we met we were like really in the beginning so we yeah. really got to grow together so i think i think it was great that we just like jumped into it yeah he is now also in the food media world was he
0: always or did he go the restaurant path first
1: No, we both started in restaurants, um, and then I moved into media after our restaurant closed, and then he stayed in restaurants until the pandemic, and then uh, he was, like, a corporate chef for this group that had, like, 40 restaurants, and then they all closed, and then we, that's when we realized. All of them, yeah, and then we realized we really needed to, like, just diversify in food because it's it's so precarious. Even in the best of times, most restaurants do close, so. Now we just try and do as much as possible in food to just, um,
0: you know, make a living. <laughs> so mean, we've got, with you alone, we have a New York Times kind of... Do you, do you have a column or is it more video-based with New York Times? It's
1: more video-based, yeah.
0: Yeah, I love your New York Times videos. You have a show on the History Channel that is so rad. It's called... <laughs> Ancient Recipes. Ancient Recipes. And will you explain the premise of
1: it? Uh yeah, we just recreate ancient recipes. Ancient recipes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but they're always interesting. And and I get to talk to like a lot of food historians while working on it. So it's really fun. And I've always really been into old cookbooks, but I've never cooked out of them because you don't really have a reason to
0: make like a yeah. fish head aspic yeah. at home. Yeah. So it's like And really they're cool. usually like written really poorly. So you probably yeah. have to do a lot of figuring out. Yeah. Yeah. Like aspic.
1: Before we shoot anything, there's like a lot of like recipe testing because so much of it is so yeah, oh vague. God. You don't even yeah. know exactly what the ingredients are. So it takes like a yeah. lot of
0: prep to shoot that. And before are we begin doing all of that, are you like the recipe tester as well as the talent? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a producer
1: for that. And so is my husband. So we kind of work on that together. So it's fun. We get to see the show all the way through from the beginning to the post production. And it's like
0: really fun to be a part of the process. Yeah. That seems like a really cool show. Okay. So there's the New York times videos, the history channel. Um, and then let's talk about start here. Oh yeah. this There's a book. <laughs> there's a- freaking book and you guys i don't know if you've seen it in a bookstore yet if you've had the pleasure a the cover is just like so fun and it almost looks like a like early 2000s 90s like game boy like it's like start here big arrow we were going for really oh my god i swear i haven't read that anywhere (laughs) that's what it looks like nobody got it you're like the only one I'm here. I get it. It totally does. It's like Pac-Man-y vibes kind of. And this big arrow and it's like, start here. And it's, the subtitle is uh te- Teaching Beginner Recipes. What is it? <laughs> instructions <laughs> for Becoming a Better Cook. Instructions for Becoming a Better Cook. Start here. Instructions for Becoming a Better Cook. And it's 500 and something pages Uh it's a behemoth for reference like a normal cookbook an average cookbook is 200 pages i i have a cookbook coming out in a few months and it's i think 220 pages or something like this is a hunker of a book what what's what what makes it really different and if you were like a total beginner cook where do i start in this book like what's the easiest recipe how do you how are you going to teach me how to cook
1: Well, I really wanted it to be like culinary school in a book. So each chapter is teaching you a different technique. And the book is also half savory and half pastry, because I think it's all really fun. And I think everyone should learn all of it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And then like at the top of each chapter, it kind of like, there's a lot of text. There's a lot of reading. This is a cookbook you read. So it's like, goes into the technique, goes into science, really teaches you all about it. And then the recipes are to help you better understand that technique because the idea is that eventually you can like go home learn these techniques and like make your own dishes but they go in order uh, like the techniques go in order from easiest to hardest and so do the recipes within each chapter so if you're at the beginning if you're a beginner just start at the beginning
0: you know okay yeah that's incredibly smart they go from easiest to hardest that's the order of them that's That's the order That's really, really cool. And you, I mean, how long did it take you to write this book? Well, it was about start to finish from like,
1: developing the concept to, you know, final edits was about three years.
0: Dang. Did you have, did you like develop the concept and then sell it to a publisher or did a publisher like lock you down and say like, we want your cookbook, no matter what it is.
1: Oh no, no! I, I had to develop the concept and like sell it because at that point when I did sell the book, I didn't really have. Nobody knew who I was really yet, so I don't believe was, you. When was that? It was it was twenty twenty. Yeah, it was four years ago. <laughs> yeah, a lot's yeah. happened, you know. But um, yeah, really ironed out the concept in the proposal first, and
0: then okay, took it out to publishers. Um, okay, so you did this like mini leg, or not mini, but you did an East Coast leg of the cookbook tour, and then you took a break. And was the break just like let me chill and be a mom for a sec, like the book and wait? Good yeah. job. Like, yeah. what's the what's the rush? Why do we have to do this like month long book tour? I think this is so smart. I I want to channel that slow down, like after the first couple of weeks of like madness, like why not slow it down a little bit and enjoy it?
1: Well, and the, and the, the, since the book came out so close to the baby, we right. did the East coast first, just so I can, you know, do day trips and not have to be overnight for a long time. And now the left, the West coast is going to be harder because it is just like one very long stretch. Cause it doesn't make sense to fly back and forth. So uh, she's a little bit older. She's a little bit sturdier. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, be sad she's, though. <laughs> she's got a kick-ass dad. It's gonna be harder like, for me than them.
0: Yeah. Will you pump while you're on the road and on the west coast? Yeah. 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 Will you ship it back? How do you even do that?
1: I looked into that and uh I don't think it's yeah, worth it. it. So we're just she's gonna have frozen stuff. And I'm yeah. just gonna pump and dump just to keep the production
0: going. Oh, you'll just pump and dump. Great. Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. wait, you're going to have it for two weeks. What are you going to do? Like, bring a freezer with you everywhere you go?
1: Oh, no. (laughs) I had, like, originally thought that I was going to, like, freeze it and ship it. And then we were looking into that. And it's tough because the freezers in a hotel aren't that reliable. Right. And I don't really want her to have milk that might not be at a safe temperature. Right. Yeah. Not ideal. Yeah. So,
0: Um, Book tour sponsored by, like, Yeti Cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Like who is getting this all around? Um, okay, well, tell us where on the east coast, where on the west coast are you going to be, so that we can find you. You're going to San Francisco. I'm so excited to miss you. Uh,
1: yeah, it's not it's not that long. A couple events in LA, a couple in San Francisco, and then Seattle and Portland. How did you decide
0: where to go on your book tour? Were you like diving into your like Instagram analytics, like how do you know where your people are and where to show up for them?
1: Um, you know, it's really the publisher. Yeah. They figure that stuff out. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. That's a good answer. I, again, I'm just, I have this cookbook coming out in August and I'm like, just starting to figure all this out. I'm like, uh, who, where are, I, where do I go? Who's your publisher? You, uh, Union Square. Mm.
1: They, they should help you figure all this they'll, out.
0: They'll figure it out for me. Good. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. figure it out. I, I it's do a like lot. Some, are you doing like, what kind of book tour, what what kind of events are you doing at uh, like Q&A, panels? What are you doing?
1: It's just Q&A. Like I had these
0: dreams of
1: doing demos, but I think yeah. it was like a lot to do with the baby. So yeah. I am working Good. on the second book. Second book, oh. I think I'm going to do more like demoy kind of interactive stuff. I'd love to like be able to cook for the people who
0: come in. Right. How cool is that? I know it's, it's hard. Because then more people want to come than you could possibly demo for. It's, it's a tricky balance, but it sounds like it'll be really great. Yeah. But then the second book will come and you'll have your second baby at the same exact time.
1: I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me is worried that that actually might be what happened.
0: What's do we... I know we don't have a second book title, but it, will it be like a continuation of Start Here or is it its totally own separate concept?
1: Well, the way I worked on this was I, it was a lot of like spreadsheets and notes and I don't know, outlines. It was very, very like organized because it's a teaching book. I was trying to develop like, what would the ideal cooking school be for coming from me? So the next one, I want it to be a lot more fun. Cool. So I'm just like, right now I'm just focusing on cooking food that I'm really into. And just, I'm trying to get like, find my like what i'm really passionate about again cuz i've just been yes. like in work mode for so long so i'm just like reading yeah. a lot i'm writing a lot i'm cooking a lot and then i'm going to let it come together a little bit more naturally
0: great i yeah i found writing a cookbook like the grind part of like really developing the recipes really uh depleted my creativity for many months mm-hmm. did you have kind of like a moment where you were like i can't think of anything else right now
1: That's what Um, I submitted my manuscript last August and then I had like a complete mental breakdown and I didn't do anything for like two months. I was just all I did was lie out in the backyard and like recharge.
0: Thank you so (laughs) much for saying that. I submitted my manuscript in June, and I I I I write a weekly Substack as do you. And I was like, w- I can't remember what food is like, I <laughs> what, what do people eat? Because when you're writing a cookbook, the ironic part is you're like surviving on like Ritz crackers and a dream like you are <laughs> yeah. barely functioning like it's so much it's such an intense labor of love writing mm-hmm. a cookbook. I le- I truly I feel like I've just gotten back into where I'm like feeling truly creative and like I have new interesting things to say about food.
1: I I'm not very consistent with my Substack. You are so consistent. I don't even know how you do it.
0: Like how do you It's my I keep going. <laughs> I know. There are some weeks where I definitely like it'll be Thursday and I I send a new recipe every single Sunday and I on Thursday will be like I, I don't even I don't even like food anymore. Like what is food? And then and so I'll have to like really dig deep. And then there are other weeks like this past week I was like I know exactly what I want to do. It's getting really cold everywhere. Like a lentil curry stew, and then I like have the whole week to work on it. And then the other weeks I'm like Thursday the whole day is spent like cramming in a recipe. It depends, but. When I, when I finished writing the cookbook every single Thursday was like that, like final, like, oh, gosh, <laughs> yeah. too. I would love to have you come and share a start, a start here a recipe on what to cook. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That would totally. be cool. Like, a, they're always complete meals. So something, something in that vein, that's like a, you know, full entree meal, the protein, the side, everything. On that note, let's get to our final questions, one of which is I'm going to ask you to talk about what you cook when you don't feel like cooking, which we, happens to us a lot as mm-hmm. cookbook writers. Um, what are you so out on right now? What am I so out on? What are you so out on? So something that's just like you can't handle anymore.
1: I'm so out on not sleeping i just it's so i just want to sleep again
0: i just it's so bad I, know. I think
1: that's gonna be the best part of the book tour i'm gonna f- have full oh. nights of sleep without anyone screaming at me without getting yes. pooped on i just can't wait i you I'm know the first so like, excited for
0: you
1: the first couple of weeks i was like oh this is fine and then like it just like builds like like I used to be okay with like maybe, you know, once a week not sleeping, but it's like sure. every night now for the last four months and actually four. your entire final trimester because you're huge. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. now I just, I just can't and wait to sleep
0: every 30 minutes. I want to sleep again. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to sleep again. And I promise it's like so close. You can almost taste it. I not sleeping like the, the withholding of sleep is literally a torture method. Like Mm. my husband was in the military and like, they literally are trained on like, if the enemy captures you and they're not letting you sleep, like here are techniques to deal with this. Like it's a literal torture device, (laughs) not being able to sleep. And that's another one of those things that like, I don't know, you just, there's no way people are like, Oh, you know, new parents so tired. Like, no, I'm not just tired. I'm like, manic i'm like feeling really out of control of my own body and i've never depended on
1: coffee the way that i do now like i cannot start my day without it and we don't have a coffee maker we have to get one we're always running out in pajamas to go get coffee from across the street
0: you do need one but also there's something just so like new york and perfect about the fact that you don't have one and you like have to go out (laughs) in public and like see someone where do you guys live
1: in new york uh, we're in the East Village, so we're like in coffee shop central. Oh.
0: Just there's go so grab many a sink coffee and then like have a mental breakdown. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so strong. It makes you completely psychotic. Yeah. Yeah, no, I kinda love that you like have to leave. You're probably Wow, you guys are in the East Village. I feel like no one's in proper Manhattan anymore. No, nobody has is been we- like tell me, like, has that been like a conscious decision? You're like, we're not leaving Manhattan, we're not going to Brooklyn. Uh yeah. <laughs> Like, fuck Brooklyn.
1: We really, really don't. Like, okay, I don't want to say that because I have a feeling <gasps> we might end up there. But we really do not want to live in Brooklyn. Yeah. We like, we like it here. We know that our place is small and we're constantly fighting rats. But I think <laughs> it's going to make her stronger,
0: right? <laughs> that is the most New Yorker resilience thing that I've ever heard. We know it's small and we're constantly fighting rats, but... It's gonna make her stronger, and you know what? You're right, and also it's just gonna be so fun and interesting and cool. Do you see yourself like fully raising kids in New York?
1: You know, we would love to. That is that is our goal, and and there is a lot like there. It is tough because it is small, it is expensive, but it is great that everything is so close. Like, and there's a lot of free things for kids. Very close, like just around the corner. There's a little theater that does like free classes for children, and then like there's a lot of little playgrounds it's like there's a whole new part of the city that I haven't noticed before that I'm noticing now just like within this neighborhood like before I just knew where all the bars were and now I know where all the (laughs) kids stuff is and it's like cool there's this
0: whole other layer of New York we're discovering so that's fun even like when you're a New Yorker like there are so many playgrounds but you just like walk right past them Mm -hmm. and then now that I have kids every time I go back I used to I lived in New York for a few years after college now that I have kids when I go back I'm like there's a playground there's a playground there's a playground like they're literally everywhere and mm-hmm. i mean on the east, in the east village like you've got the whole you know, what is it the hudson river down, mm-hmm. that's the one well on the west yeah the you've got, um, you've got east river park east side
1: yeah that's east where river we want park. her to learn how to ride a bike it's yes. a really nice long stretch by the river and we think it'll that's be so it. nice you know
0: Oh, that's like the dreamiest New York like young family thing I've ever heard. Like <laughs> absolutely. And then you just have to find somewhere to store the bike because your apartment that's is the tiny. Because <laughs> you kept living in Manhattan and now you uh, have multiple kids. Maybe <laughs> but, they you know. have like
1: a city bike for babies. Maybe they have a dad.
0: That's another possible idea for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First we write our manual on the real deal postpartum, and then we start City Bike for children. Mm-hmm. Even I, like I live in the country and I'm like, Oh we have freaking scooters and bikes up the wazoo. like get these things out of here. Just let me rent these at the park. What's one thing that's crazy is we
1: were so stressed out about buying a stroller, but we've only used it two times.
0: You can't you wear it for a It's lot. all
1: baby bjorn. It's, it's so much easier to get up and down the like the subway stairs and oh. it's just so much easier to get
0: around. Yeah. I will say, I mean I'm I think it's so cool that you want to raise a family in New York. It'll it's the best city in the world. Like it's where where else could you possibly be after you've been a New Yorker for so long? But I brought my family, my three kids, uh last March. We brought all three, and it was literally the hardest four days of my life. Like the double <laughs> stroller, the subway oh yeah. the subway elevators are always broken. And if they are in service, they smell like Somebody has been peeing on them for two hundred years. I
1: have never taken a subway elevator.
0: You're it brave. Truly, <laughs> a heinous experience. I'm not brave. I. It was a ne- like three kids and a stroller. Like there's no other option. It was. It was a very trying week. But that being said, you have like so long to warm up to that, and also there is nothing better than wearing a baby. I. There are so many women who just skip the baby wearing phase. They just go straight to stroller, car seat. I love wearing my babies. I still wear cash. He's fifteen months old and like huge and chunky, and like my back is breaking after a hike with him. But I like freaking love having kids smushed to my body. Oh, I like, love
1: it. Yeah.
0: Oh, like this is living. Yeah, yeah. Like there's nothing better than this. Okay, I mean, the thing that I'm out on, as you can hear, just. The congestion, the amount of germs and like snot in my house at all times is <laughs> next level. With three kids, two of whom are in school. My husband is in an office with people. I'm mostly here, but like there's just the amount of germs when you have three young children is next level. And no one's ever sick at the same time. We like take turns being sick. So like by the time I finish, it's the next one's turn. That's what I'm out on. Like, how is there not, this is 2024. Like we can share Wi-Fi with the click of a button. Why can't we not be ill all the time? Well, and
1: then since there are so many people in your family, by the time it comes around, it's it's probably mutated enough to just keep the cycle going. We it's is, the same family it's the same, of viruses.
0: It's a super bug. Yeah. Super <laughs> bug within these four walls. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's It just mutates and mutates and mutates and like reinfects us. And then being a working mom when your kids are in school and they get sent home from school sick, everything like everything gets trained gets steamrolled. Like I- I've had to cancel podcast interviews. I've had to cancel like you know, big interviews with press. I've had to cancel like so many important things. Because there's just not like, what are you gonna do? There's a three year old who wants snacks every forty five seconds. So <laughs> That's why I'm freaking out on <laughs> germs. Um, okay, this is one of my favorite sections of the podcast where we talk about our IRL LOLs of the week, aka our in real life things that made us like laugh really hard. What you got? You're have a you in a funny phase of life. Do you have anything <laughs> good for us? Uh, you know,
1: it's like really weird. Very little moments alone with my husband make me happy because we don't have them as often. Yes. Yeah um so the other night she went she went to sleep she was asleep for a few hours and so we decided to take down the christmas tree yeah and we were like putting away all the presents and then i was like at the bottom of the christmas tree trying to like unscrew it from the stand and my husband was trying to pull it out and um and then when i got up from the tree there was i was just like completely covered in pine needles head to toe stuck to (laughs) like the dry vomit you know (laughs) inside my glasses. And I think the exhaustion, plus like how ridiculous, we were just laughing. We were like collapsing on the floor laughing. That was (laughs) just like human Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah just every part of me was covered in pine needles it was very fun and it was like the first time we'd been like alone doing something together in like a long time yeah, so that's really nice totally
0: it feels so good to have those moments of like okay we are our own people who still exist and like we just have this really funny fabulous moment just the two of us because mm-hmm. they they do become more rare um oh god that's really good okay mine. pretty much all of my irl lols are funny shit that my kids say so my in-laws were here for Christmas and we are Southern and Southerners love a good expression, a good, you know, turn of phrase. And my, my in-laws are really Southern and like really thick Southern accents. And they basically like speak in riddles. Like they have an expression for every single thing that they do. And they had just left. And my husband, my, my five-year-old Mattis was, sitting on the toilet, pooping as five-year-old boys do. And of course the door is wide open and George and I are sitting out in the living room and Mattis screams, dad, George is like, yeah. And he was like, have you ever been on a wild goose chase? <laughs> and we were like, <laughs> what? And he had like heard the phrase wild goose chase from my in-laws and like thought that it was like a real actionable <laughs> thing that you could do. <laughs> Dad, have you ever been on a wild goose chase? And we it was like the same, like it'd have been like, you know, Christmas is like stressful with three kids. There's so much going on. And George and I just like looked at each other and like died laughing. <laughs> we were like, that is so fucking cute. Like he thinks that a wild goose chase <laughs> is a real thing and that is fantastic. Um okay we end it by hearing especially from somebody like you who just wrote this fabulous book that will teach us how to cook. What do you cook when you do not feel like cooking? What's it going to be? Uh, egg and rice.
1: Uh, tell me more. Uh, just like steamed rice. We usually go for like a short grain, kind of like a pilaf. So we'll toast the grains in a little bit of butter and then steam it. Uh, ideally with like some bone broth or dashi. We usually have it in the freezer. Oh and then when the rice is like you know like after it's done cooking you fluff it and let it rest yeah during that like rest time we'll just pile some greens on top so it'll just steam uh-huh. with the uh-huh. rice and then just like fry up an egg throw it on top so we got rice greens egg a little bit of you know togarashi or soy sauce and yeah I was going to say are we
0: like what's on top soy sauce
1: yeah just soy sauce togarashi nothing crazy but that's like a usual go-to because it's got everything you got your protein you got your
0: veg you got your egg that fabulous answer i love that <laughs> and i love the like one potness of just steaming the the greens right on top it's like, such a good people- trick but
1: you you would need a very yes. big pot
0: you do because nice the greens
1: take up so much space
0: yeah yeah and yeah, they yeah turn okay. into
1: nothing but like just put it in a much bigger pot than you would need just for the rice and then you can just load it up with like swiss chard or spinach or whatever you got and put the lid back on and it'll just wilt for you
0: and then afterwards do you stir the greens into the rice or do you like kind of remove them so that you can have like your rice your greens your egg
1: i i kind of remove it but you could just yeah. mix the whole thing up you yeah, know yeah, whatever
0: yeah. vibe you're feeling yeah but no, i'm to like the fact that you still have three like it looks like you cooked your green on your own yeah in fact you did not you did um, not okay <laughs> you are the best get to that sweet baby girl who is uh screaming for you in the background thank you <laughs> so much for joining us thanks for having me this was fun